Hey, sophisticated spectators. Want to stay loud, laced, and locked in to Beyond the Bleachers? Our brand new website, beyondthebleacherspodcast.com, has links for every streaming platform where you can listen to new episodes every Monday, including Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at beyondthebleachers underscore. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bleachers. My name is Samantha. I have my lovely co-host Jocelyn with me. How are you doing this week? Doing good, girl. There's just been so much basketball on. I've been going crazy. My sophisticated spectators out there, y'all, have y'all been watching? Have y'all been tuned in? Because there's just been a lot going on. There has been. I feel like once we get into in-conference play, things get really hectic. And mm. if y'all thought we saw a lot of upsets in the first half of this season, <laughs> the upsets just keep on happening. But we're yes. going to save that for later on in the episode. Right now, we're here to talk about Maryland and South Carolina. Once again, I'm going to keep mine brief. <laughs> because short and sweet sam short and sweet. last week maryland went one and one and this week consistent one and one <laughs> so maryland ended up losing the game against ohio state on january 17th a score of 84 to 76 and then they won the game against illinois on january 20th a score of 90 to 82 a little bit about the game on yesterday. I liked seeing that four players were in four. double figures and Jakia Brown-Turner had a double-double. So if I had to say one good thing, that's my good thing. Jakia Brown-Turner, 20 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists. Other than that, Maryland is status quo, and I'm just going to keep it at that. That's it, Sam. Well, listen, short and sweet. Congratulations to that double double. Okay. Yeah, you know, I had to shout and, her out. And, you know. Yes. We love that. I love that for <laughs> Listen, I know your Terps have been on hard terrain and like they've been struggling a little bit this season, but I still believe in them. Don't worry. Like you never know what's going to happen come March, okay? But you already know I have to get into my game Cox because how could I not anyway so the game was this past Monday January 15th and my Gamecocks dominated from tip off the final score was 98 to 36 so you do that math y'all we played the Kentucky Wildcats and you had six players in double figures so just a little just two more than yours um and Malaysia Full Wiley really just led that charge with her 14 points. Cardozo, the double-double machine, she had 12 points with 11 rebounds. And you gotta love Raven Johnson giving us the art with her six assists, as she said once in a post-game press conference, that she just feels like her her assists, her passes are just like art. And I love the art she's making. Get creative out there, girl. So I love to see that. She led in the, with the assists there with that six. And then Pow Pow was right behind with her uh, five assists to go along with her 14 points. But let's get the bigs involved, okay? I have to highlight that. We got to highlight when our bigs get involved and they start to, the passing and getting their assists on the, on the stat sheet. So Ashley Watkins and Camilla Cardozo both added three assists to their stats. Um, three apiece. And I also wanted to highlight this one uh, play that Cardozo had. Uh, she got the ball at the top of the key and she had this like one handed pass to Chloe Kitts down low, who was doing a phenomenal job of sealing her defender and just really calling for the ball, getting herself open. And that she did. She made two points on off of that play. So listen, we are the only remaining undefeated team in the nation, okay? Taking our record to 17-0. and 0. Congratulations to my lady 
game Cox. Okay, keep pushing and staying in the number one spot because that's where I like to see us. If there's one team that can handle the pressure of being number one, it's definitely South Carolina. It's definitely Dawn Staley. I still continue, even though it is South Carolina, I still continue to be amazed at how well this team is doing, considering everybody counted them out. They had all those starters that left and went into the draft last season. I've been really impressed with South Carolina and how they've been able to quickly recover and really make a statement. And it's not like they don't have tough opponents you know not only did they play some tough out of conference teams but the sec is no slouch you know so kudos to south carolina for being able to like you said stay at that number one spot stay competitive let's just hope we don't lose again in the final four please no because if that's when you don't need to lose a game (laughs) okay y'all better not play with me Can't go through that again. My heart can't take it. Anyway, go ahead. Take it away, Sam. (laughs) So as we mentioned last week, today, January 21st, marks the start of the free agency period for the WNBA. We talked last week about the top eight free agents going into next season. We talked about some of the players that had already been locked and loaded, ready for next season, already gotten offers extended to them. Well, we have updates and we're going to talk about those updates. We're also going to talk about some key free agents that are still out there. And guys, this is live because this is the first day of free agency. So at any moment, we could be getting updates. I'll leave that to Joss to intercept in case we get any last minute updates as we're talking. I got you, Sam. I got you. But we are going to start... We are going to start with one of our top eight. Brianna Jones got cored by Connecticut. Awesome move for Connecticut. We knew that they needed her. They obviously knew that they needed her. She has been cored now for the second year in a row. I think part of it is also they're trying to make up for the fact that they lost her to injury last season, but Mm -hmm. she came off to a hot start early last season. And so it's no surprise that she got locked in. She deserves that super max deal. So great for her. Great for Connecticut. Joss, what do we think about it? I'm so happy. It should have been done. We are happy that it was done. We sort of kind of called, we called for them to do it. So listen, they must be tapped in. They're sophisticated spectators over there in Connecticut because they knew what they needed to do. And core Bree Jones is what they did. And it was the right decision. Kudos to y'all over there. Now y'all just need to ask Skylar Diggins-Smith and y'all will be straight. Well, speaking of Skylar Diggins-Smith, she is currently one of the top or not the top free agent that everybody is talking about going into this free agency period. And one of the places that she may end up is the Los Angeles Sparks. Now you might be asking, why would I say this? This is now the third team that we have said that Skylar Diggins-Smith may end up. Don't worry, there's a fourth one on the way. But she (laughs) may end up in LA because LA has decided to core Jordan Canada, my girl out of UCLA, but there are rumors that Jordan Canada wants a sign and trade. She's trying to jump ship. She's trying to jump ship, guys. So what do I think about Jordan Canada being cored? I think it's awesome for her. I think she's a great player with a lot of potential. We saw a lot of her potential in Seattle while she was playing under Sue Bird. And now that she's in LA, she's had her chance to shine. She's had her opportunity to be more of that floor general, take lead while she's on the floor, take a leadership role while she's on the bench, while she's mentoring these younger players such as Zaya Cook. But now she is trying to opt for a sign and trade deal. And so LA has themselves in a little bit of a bind. Do we try and keep Jordan Canada where she is and say, nope, we're not going for the sign and trade. We're just going to lock you in right here. Or do they try and put some pieces around NECA Gumake that they can get for this Supermax deal? They definitely need a perimeter shooter. They need more defense down low. NECA needs some help down there. And they also need someone that can run the floor like a point guard. And so what do we think about Jordan Canada? Should she stay? Should she go? 
And if she goes, could that be a great place for Skylar Diggins? I mean, any place for Skylar Diggins is going to be exceptional with her as an addition to the squad, to the roster. I mean, she's going to bring all of what you just said. She's got that court vision. She has a stop and pop shot. She can shoot uh, around the perimeter. She can definitely run the floor. And she's a great, uh, you know, dictator on the floor. She brings that energy and she brings defense. So, I mean, anybody would really, any team could benefit from adding her. I think the Sparks would definitely have a great advantage if they were to bring Skylar Diggins-Smith on. However, losing Jordan Canada could possibly mean, uh, I just, just not good things for the Sparks, to be honest with you. They've been trying to build their team up to get it to back to where we used to, where we used to be when we used to have Candace Parker, Neka Gumake, and, you know, we, we used to have Chelsea Gray over there, you know, like we need that dynamic like three moving together for the sparks i feel like three is a great number over there for them it just needs to be three core players that are really just working together and then um those two others on the floor with them will just play off of that so i think neca and jordan uh would need a third but jordan deciding to possibly jump ship it's just not going to be good for the Sparks in the long haul. They need to do, the Sparks needs to do whatever they can to keep that lady there. As as you can see, they did try to, you know, they try, they're trying to tell her, listen, we love you. We'll build a, this team around you, but we definitely need you to stay. Like, you know, what else can we give you? And maybe they need to start talking a little nicer to Jordan because if not, if it's not nice enough, She's going to be like, nice for what? And she's going to bounce. <laughs> <laughs> so get it together over there, the Sparks. Y'all need to put your heads together. NECA, work your magic, girl, because y'all need Jordan for sure. I agree. I definitely think that Jordan Canada brings a lot. And the fact that she's already been playing for LA, she's yeah. already started to build that chemistry out there. But one team that is also looking for a point guard that could be a great landing spot for not only Jordan Canada, if they could get, you know, the sign and trade done in their favor, but also for Skylar Diggins Smith could be the Seattle Storm. As everybody knows, Jordan Canada came from Seattle before she ended up signing with L.A., so that could be a great spot for her, reuniting her with Jewel Lloyd and the organizational staff over there. But also, it could be a great landing spot for Skylar Diggins because Skylar Diggins went to school with Jewel Lloyd at Notre Dame. So how great would it be to see the two of them potentially playing together in Seattle? I mean, listen, I'm sure Jewel Lloyd has been kind of poking the bear. She's been poking at uh, Skylar for sure. And for sure. Maybe offline. Absolutely. And, and what was that? We just saw recently a video of uh, Jewel Lloyd being interviewed. And uh, basically the interviewer had asked her, what did she think Seattle needs? And she basically said a whole new squad. She said, yeah, we should need some guards, a point guard for sure, maybe some post players. And I was like, dang, Jewel, you, you need a whole new squad over there. You need a whole new roster. But, you know, the interviewer was smart to say, what about Skylar Diggins-Smith? She's a hot commodity, as you said so eloquently, uh, Sam. She's just the hottest free agent out. And Jewel Lloyd kind of said, yeah, you know, you know, she kind of nodded to we talking, we talking. So that would be exceptional. We already know Seattle. Uh, they need a lot over there. <laughs> they need a lot. Jewel Lloyd needs a lot of help, as she said herself. Out of, listen, I'm, don't shoot the messenger. It was out of the horse's mouth. Jewel was like, damn, they're a whole new roster. So <laughs> so adding Skylar, like you said, Sam, knowing that they already have that history, they have that repertoire together, it would be wonderful to see them playing off of each other and then just giving her a break. Jewel Lloyd is amazing. She's an extremely just spectacular player and for her to just kind of get some of that weight pulled off of her I'm sure Seattle will like love it and she'll love like you know Skylar for that so seeing her over there I mean anybody again like I said anybody taking Skylar uh would just benefit in so many different ways 
Yes, so that interview was done by Christina Williams Mm. over at Girls Talk Sports TV. You can find them on IG, girlstalksports.tv. If you want to check out that reel that she posted, um, it'll give you a little bit more insight. Moving over to the East Coast, one of the names that we dropped last week that was right in the moment as we were talking was the Washington Mystics' decision to core Elena Deladon. Mm-hmm. Now, when Elena Deladon came to Washington, she previously said that she intended on staying in Washington for the long haul and that if she were to retire, it would be from Washington. We know she's from Delaware. We know she's extremely close with her family and wanted to stay close to her family throughout the remainder of her career. But we also heard this offseason that Elena Deladon and Washington were going to part ways. And so now that she's been cored, what are we thinking about that? I'm kind of shocked that they actually court her because now they're, I think, supposed to be paying her the Supermax unless they can negotiate some other numbers. But why would I want to negotiate anything other than the Supermax if you're trying to right. core me? <laughs> Hello? Let's <laughs> give so an HBO Max. <laughs> we're going to operate under the assumption that she's getting the Supermax. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about uh, Elena Deladon getting offered the supermax no shade to elena she's a great player but she's not healthy and we still have so many other unrestricted free agents on the team that i see a lot of shifting potentially happening with that roster we have struggled a lot since making it to the finals in 2019 uh, including one season where we didn't even make the playoffs this past season we lost in the first round to the new york liberty So there's been a lot of adjustments. You know, we lost our head coach, Mike Tebow, who decided to just stay in the GM role, and his son, Eric Tebow, was promoted to head coach. All of that stuff we've talked about in previous episodes. But anyway, so there's a lot of happening going on in D.C. and things that need to continue to happen. And I just don't know how I feel about Elena Deladon being at the helm in terms of finances. (laughs) Because she's just not reliable as much as i want her to be and as much as i know she wants to be i mean really how many more years does she have left yeah her body has other plans you really can't you know dictate what that's going to do and what that can bring and the competition is going to continue to get fierce again they're building teams or trying to attempt to build these WNBA teams these rosters so they can win a championship So you're talking about putting the best of the best on a squad together, seeing how they run, well, (laughs) New York, and seeing if they could take it all the way, bring it all the way home. I know you talked about uh, JJ, our last episode, and, you know, if she were to decide not to stay with New York and go on over, um, you said that Washington would be a great place for her to go with the Mystics. And considering that they're coring EDD, in order now, it kind of almost seems like they need to make sure that they have a, a an excellent backup. So JJ might have to go on over to Washington. And I wouldn't even say backup. I would say pair. You know, yeah, someone's yeah. alongside of her and kind of take that load off of her so that she doesn't have to play 30, 35 minutes. You know, they right. have somebody else there. Like you said, like a JJ that can give mm-hmm. us solid minutes and take the load off of EDD so that, you know, she can actually play her $200,000 plus a year's worth of time. <laughs> right. So she can actually put some, put that, you know, work in where that money is coming in. Yeah, <laughs> I agree, Sam. So listen, not, I don't think it was the smartest idea, but maybe they know something that we don't, you know, or maybe EDD knows something we don't. Maybe she's out here going hardcore in the off season, getting healthier than ever, getting shots, getting who knows what's going on. But at the end of the day, I do think that you should be prepared for the possibilities of injuries. And considering that she's one that is very prone to injury, having a like you said a a pair to be there for like that could work aside like alongside her or just you know somebody who's a really reliable player that can definitely 
carry the load, say something were to happen, God forbid, but say something were to happen, that it wouldn't really be any shift in the play or in winning these games. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see, but I am super eager to see what happens in Washington this year. And this is what happens when ego comes into play because not to keep bringing up my girl, but a lot of people had things to say about our girl Candace signing (laughs) with the Las Vegas Aces, but she took a step back. Yeah. Not only in playing time, but also in pay because Mm -hmm. she knew I'm at a point in my career where I've been the superstar. I've been the top player. I've been the number one pick. I've been finals MVP, league MVP, like all of the things. You better say it. (laughs) At 36, 37 years old, I don't need to be those things anymore for validation, you know? And so she went to a team where she didn't have to be the leader. She didn't Mm -hmm. have to score 20 points or average 30 minutes in addition to all of the injuries that she was slowly starting to succumb to after being injured since high school, you know? Mm -hmm. And so she got to a point where she said, you know what? I appreciate the starting spot. I'm going to take my little 20 minutes. And when my 20 minutes is up, I'm going to go on over to the bench and let the youngins go on over there and close it out. And that's exactly what she did. And even when she got injured, you know, she could have just completely fallen apart. But she was like, nope, I'm going to be present for my team. I'm going to be present for my young players. And I'm going to make sure that my stamp is known because I know that I have a stamp outside of just being on the floor. And I would love to see Elena Deladon transition into a similar mindset where mm-hmm. she knows that her stamp is there because we see her on the bench. We see how valuable she is when she's communicating with her teammates, when she's communicating with the coaching staff, even on the sidelines. So I would love to see her transition into a role that is less physically intense so that you know her body can be preserved as much as possible because we're getting to that age personally where yeah. a lot of our favorites from when we were young adults and teenagers are now getting to that point of retirement you know Mm -hmm. and basketball has an end date for everybody and so I want to see her transition into more of that player coach leader kind of style I would love that. that right and so with that being said another key unrestricted free agent this season for Washington is going to be Natasha Cloud Natasha Cloud is arguably one of the best point guards in the league right now. And I would say close second to Chelsea Gray. She brings a ton of defense. Her presence is always known on the floor. She's a great facilitator. She, you know, has gotten better with her shooting. I won't call her a shooter like she does, but she has gotten a lot better with her shooting over the years. And so she's just an all-around great player. One of those players that not only is her voice heard on the floor, but off the floor as well. And she has been, once again, at the helm of Washington since she was drafted. And so what do we think about Natasha Cloud? Should she stay? Should she go? And if she leaves, what type of loss is that to Washington? They don't need another, they don't need to lose her at all. I think that she showed what she can bring to Washington, especially at the tail end of the season. Even though, yes, they lost to New York um, in the first round, they were playing New York at their best at that point. That was tough. And let's not forget that it wasn't easy for, you know, for New York to win all of those games. It really wasn't. So, and a lot of that, the reason why it was so tough was because of who? Natasha Cloud. So we can't not, you know, give our nod to her and the respect that you gave, uh, Sam, rightfully so, because she is a problem. All right. She's dangerous on and, like you said, off the court, because homegirl can break down a game for you. Okay. She's a great sports commentator as well. So we already know where she could possibly go when she decides to, you know, like you said earlier, basketball is not forever uh, as far as playing goes but there's other aspects you can be around it and I kind of already see where she possibly might uh, go but other than that we need her to go on and stay with the Washington (laughs) Mystics because they need her desperately because again like we said ADD being the great player that she is she definitely might not be able to give 1000 percent each night but Natasha Cloud she can give you that you know she might not be scoring 
but she's going to give you assists. She's going to give you defense. She's going to dictate the game and control the tempo. So uh, a player like that is very much so needed for the Washington Mystics, Mystics to keep them, you know, just in contention when it comes to playoff time, when it comes to the finals even, you know, we would love to see them out there. So I do think if she were to leave, there would be big, big problems for Washington. They'll have to find another player to, you know, to basically fill that spot. But uh, if she were to stay, it's only going to be good news for Washington. I agree. I think that we only got to see a snippet of how good Washington could actually be because they suffered Mm -hmm. so many injuries all throughout the entire season. And But I definitely feel like it would be a huge loss if they don't figure out a way to keep Natasha Klaus. She is a huge <laughs> asset, not only to the team, but to the community around the Mystics home base. And so a, losing her would just be devastating on so many levels. And I think that if we are going to think about how to build a team, it should be around somebody like her, somebody that mm-hmm. is a leader, somebody that is very vocal, somebody that can take charge on the floor, but is also just willing to do the necessary things to win. And yeah. we see that a lot of times with Natasha Klaus. She's able to pinpoint, we're not doing this. We're not doing that. We need to do more of this. And she's not only telling people what needs to be done, but she can also tell herself, these are the things I need to do to step up. And so when you're talking about a leader on the floor and off the floor, there's nobody better than Natasha Cloud. And so they need to figure out how to keep her and how to pay her because I don't think that we've seen the last of what this core can do together. No, at least give us one more season, please. Because <laughs> like I think they're scra- they have something here and to break it up now would just be a disservice for all they've built and all they've tried for. We saw how emotional Natasha Cloud got when she was, you know, her exit interview, when she was talking about what she was able to do. You know, I, I just really, I really hope that they give them a chance. And like like you said, she gets the salary that she wants too, some kind of way. I know that EDD is cord and, and she might be getting that max, but find a way to show your value for Natasha Cloud because we see it, girl. And if they don't tell you, we see it. We're going to tell you, girl. We love you over here. And we know you deserve to be put in the names, like in the spotlight, just like EDD. So uh, hopefully she stays there and, and she makes it happen for them this season because she, she just will. That's just That's just who she is. And I think also for Washington – there's a lot of teams that still need point guards. So let's not yeah. act like Natasha won't be valued somewhere else if Washington doesn't come correct. We already talked about it. Jewel Lloyd already talked about it. <laughs> we talked about it with the Sun too, like a, a really good veteran, just confident point guard. You know, we, we're going to talk about how Jasmine Thomas, but, uh, but yeah, you know, like we need to we need to make sure we lock in these PGs, these these real PGs out here because they come far, few and in between, okay? Well, let's talk about Jasmine Thomas since you not so subtly mentioned her. But Jasmine Thomas <laughs> was one of our unrestricted free agents that has now gone on to retirement. This is the third point guard in the yeah. offseason that has gone on to retirement and I am side note I am too through with these players not using the word retirement it's almost like a tease you know like if you're gonna retire I need you to to like use the word retirement not just oh I I took a new job or oh (laughs) we'll see how it goes like this season I'm not playing like if you're gonna retire just go ahead and retire so this is now the third point guard that we have seen retire not retire from the w and i don't know i i I told you i'm shocked not shocked you know i'm shocked because she still had some years left but i'm not shocked because she didn't look like she was adjusting very well post-injury And I know she was with a new team, new organization, new teammates trying Mm -hmm. to integrate in after, you know, injuring her ACL. Like all of these other factors were going on that could have potentially made it a a rough reemergence, you know. Yeah. But 
I definitely, from that perspective, I was not surprised. But then, like I said, I was also surprised because she's only 34. Four, yeah. And so has a little bit of, had a little bit of time she's left a potentially. Bit of paper, yeah. You know, but apparently this was in the works because the same day she announced that she was being hired by the Dallas Wings. Yeah. Who saw that coming? And Not so me. what type of, what, <laughs> type of loss is jasmine thomas huge gigantic i mean she was a huge loss when she was you know no longer playing for connecticut we saw what happened there but you know kudos i have to still say kudos to heidemann you did well but you know that was still a massive loss for connecticut then she went on over to the you know sparks was reunited with kurt did it feel so good not really because she didn't really play as much or at least like you said the caliber that we know her to play and I think it was definitely because of her injury she wasn't just back to her normal self and I think that was a little disheartening for her I could only imagine the mental toll it put on her alongside the emotional and physical so you know I think all that toil together just kind of made her feel like okay this it's time shocking to me absolutely uh surprising when you when you said like you said when you take out the fact of her injury it's just it just wasn't what I was expecting and then for her to go and say yeah I'm gonna be with the Dallas Wings it's like okay also gonna be lethal over there for the Dallas Wings again we talked about it before but whoo they are gonna be a problem this year can't wait to see it but um, going back to Jasmine, congratulations, but it's also kind of like, why, girl? <laughs> like, you know, maybe take the season off to just rehab a little bit, you know, and, you know, get your money. I'm glad that you have something that, that you're doing, that you found another role somewhere where you can put forth your basketball IQ because, I mean, it is top notch. Uh, considering you're one, you were one of the best point guards, I believe, in the you know in the league. So her deciding to just call it quits for, let's just say for this season, allegedly. Um, hopefully she comes <laughs> on back. Okay, pull a pull a uh, pull a Michael Jordan, pull a MJ. You know, leave and come on back. Pull a Jay Z. You know, we haven't seen the ladies do it yet, so do it for the ladies. <laughs> please god because we don't need i feel like it's just so early it's so early for you christy tolliver i could understand tiffany hayes when we put it on paper i could understand it too like i, I wanted her to still play more but she's you know the, aren't they the same age or close to the yes. same age <laughs> your babies okay because you listen i'm pushing 34 y'all and i don't care i don't have a problem saying it we're young, daggone it. <laughs> Me saying daggone it doesn't help my case. But still, no, it, doesn't. it doesn't, right? But either but way. But I think the Dallas Wings did a great thing by picking her up. She's going to they be did. the director of player programs and development coach, which we have been talking for years. Excellent role. The Dallas Wings yeah. do need a little bit of fine tuning. They got a lot of yes. young players out there. But like you said, and like we have mentioned many times before, give them two or three years they're going to be lethal. And yes. so having a, a player turned coach like Jasmine Thomas only elevates their credibility in the league. And I love seeing all of these positions being filled by mm -hmm. former WNBA players. Yes. I have to say that because yes. teams you have been to. getting a lot of criticism most <laughs> recently still the phoenix mercury phoenix getting a lot of criticism about not hiring people that have specific wnba credibility you know they may yeah. come from college basketball coaching or they may come from the nba or uh, other entities overseas but there's still not very many coaches or people in the organizational side that have specific WNBA experience. And right. so this is a great opportunity for her, like you said, to show off her basketball IQ, her point guard IQ. They got a lot of guards out there that need some fine tuning. And with just a couple tweaks here or there, a couple people moved around, they could really be a tough team to beat two, maybe three years from now. Yeah. I mean, this is a lethal weapon that they have now in their arsenal. They have, you know, the IQ of a Jasmine Thomas being on their side. 
Dallas Wings. That's a great, a great addition to, you know, just to the program, to the association that you guys got going on there. Um, hopefully you guys capitalize on it. But man, oh man, Jasmine, I'm so upset that you traded in the sneaks for some nicer shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so were there any free agents that you felt like we have not mentioned yet that are still out there? that still deserve to be picked up by somebody? I mean, no one that I can think of. I don't know if you have anybody, but I think what everything that's happened besides Skylar, you know, she's the main one. (laughs) We're going to keep talking about her. I think she's the hot ticket. Honestly, I really do believe that she's the hot ticket. Uh, We talked about JJ. I just think that, um, you know, they're my two, the two that I'm really, really eager to see what happens. We talked about BG. I really do think she's going to end up just like sticking with Phoenix, even though, man, oh man, I just think DT is in her ear. But as far as Skylar, I'm really eager to see Skylar Diggins, where uh, Skylar Diggins Smith goes and where JJ goes. Those are the two that I'm just, I've got my eyes on. I think this is also like a weird year for people because it is an olympic year so mm-hmm. we're going to see a lot of you know contracts being suspended while yeah. players have their national team commitments i will say that i have one person that we have not talked about although we talk about her all the time and it's not so much teams giving her an offer but it's more so is she going to take an offer and that would be our girl Candace. Woohoo! Because as we know, <laughs> she's kind of at that point in her career where she's like, I don't know. I might play. I might not play. I have to see what my body's <laughs> telling me. And she's been kind of teasing us with that for the last couple seasons. And the teasing continues we know that she's going (laughs) to have a new baby soon and so all of these family things are happening for her we know that she just got her third ring and so Mm -hmm. she may just decide you know what i'm gonna just go on and retire now most people have said that they will not be upset if candace decides to go out the way that she did yeah samantha will be upset Oh, I was going to say I'm one of those people. I know you are. (laughs) Samantha will be upset. I needed fair warning about a potential retirement, you know? So I would love to see Candace play one more year. That's just my own personal preference. But mm. I, I understand her sentiments. You know, she's got a lot going on. She's she's doing it big with the broadcasting. She's yes. great at that. She's got it's her great. family's expanding again. Traveling for basketball and all that takes the wear and tear on your body. Her oldest daughter is in high school now. Like all of these things are happening all at once. And I get it if she just said, you know what? I'm That's done. Yeah. But we have seen her doing a lot of working out in the off season. And while I hope she doesn't become one of those people that, you know, retires and gets out of shape, I would love to think that she is working out to come back for one more season and just hasn't told us yet. But I also feel like don't come back unless you're going back to the aces for one more season. Thank you. Thank you. That's literally, I mean, I couldn't say it better myself, Sam. You took all the words out of my mouth. I think she's gearing up. I mean, she started, she basically was at the helm of this whole hashtag old lady gang, you know, oldish, whole brigade. oldish, I keep saying old lady gang, oldish lady gang. I mean, listen, she is getting ready to lace those sneakers back up. That's what it looks like. That's what it's giving. That's what we'll put out in the universe. That's what's going to happen. So maybe, Sam, she will answer your prayers. And I listen, if she were to go anywhere, it would have to be either back to the Sparks, take it back on home and no, retire no, no. there. No, 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 no. We're, we're or, not going to put that listen, into the atmosphere. <laughs> back to my aces, okay? So, yeah, I, I think that we already know how we feel about Candace and the Aces. And I was a little wary, to be honest with you. I was like, oh. but 
she shut me up and I was very so happy so proud to be quieted to be silent it just worked it, it worked, worked it worked and out it could work for one more year it could work again so go on ahead girl come on down back put on that black and gold put it on but knowing Candace she's not gonna announce that she's coming back until to March maybe April <laughs> like it's gonna be something that gets dropped at 3 a.m. and we're gonna wake up and our phones are gonna say oh Candace Parker signed <laughs> right exactly that's what I'm ex- that's what I'm expecting and, I, and I'll be super happy and I know we're gonna cover it right on here for we got it for you sophisticated spectators you know we gonna talk about it we might have to do an exclusive for that one <laughs> <laughs> I know if it's dropping at three in the morning oh well Let's get on into the breakout star. Listen, there, like when I talked about, we talked about at the top of the podcast, this episode, there has been a lot of basketball on. And just, I just felt like I couldn't stop watching. And like, I didn't know which te- which game to actually talk about. But this one stood out to me, uh, like just way more than the others did, just because it was what, Sam? Another upset. Another upset. Another upset. And this time it was with the beloved LSU playing the Auburn Tigers. It was Sunday, January 14th. This was just last Sunday, y'all. LSU versus Auburn. And it was a fight from the jump. I mean, both teams were scrapping for everything. Auburn's defense was legitimately, I just mean, it was smothering. It was legitimately smothering. Michaela Williams alone for LSU forcing turnovers for uh, for Auburn was impressive because LSU's defense is good, but Michaela, Michaela Williams is just better. <laughs> and she's a freshman, y'all, a freshman. Like I said, this freshman class has been extremely impressive to me. I don't know what these these the you know young ladies have been doing in high school, but they came eating their ready. Wheaties. They've been eating some. I don't know. It must be something new. It's something in the water in all these schools because it's just insane the way that they're coming in locked and loaded, already just prepped for this next level of play, and they're shining. I mean, they're shining, outshining veterans. So I had to give a nod to Michaela Williams. I see you, girl. I see you. Uh, you know, the freshman class. I just it's a problem. It's a problem. Um, you know, she plays with great IQ, too. I have to just give this nod to Michaela real quick. And the tenacity as well as her confidence. I mean, this is all as a freshman. Her defense was great. So nod to you, Michaela. I, I really love what you were doing. But it just wasn't enough because Auburn's offense was on, you know, was it was on for most of the game. And it wasn't until late in the fourth that LSU's defense really altered the scoring. But, you know, Angel Reese was all over the boards and Auburn was all over her. <laughs> but Angel, you know, couldn't hit the majority. I mean, she 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 actually did hit most of her free throws, but she missed some really big ones that could have really put them over the line as far as out ahead in front of Auburn. So I think that this game really came down to foul shots to me because everything else was neck and neck. So, you know, this is a possession that confuses me. And this was, you know, late in the fourth quarter. Auburn is trying to run the clock down. It's under 50 seconds. But LSU's defense forces a turnover due to a bad pass. Again, there was scrapping over for the, for the ball. And Anissa Morrow comes up with it and passes it to Angel Reese. Angel Reese then proceeds to bring it, you know, up the court. She brings the ball up the court. Why, you might ask, I have no apparent idea. Because it didn't make sense to me. Why aren't you putting the daggone ball into a guard's hands? But okay, whatever, fine. So Angel is dribbling the ball at the top of the key and, you know, reading the defense, calculating her move, almost like she was waiting for this ISO. No guard approaches her. Nobody's trying to take the ball from her or calling for it even. Moki is screaming on the sideline for, you know, last tier to move down to the right block. And I'm just kind of like, why is she not? Why is that a guard just taking the ball? Like this just this doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, so Moki is screaming her head out. Finally, last tier moves down to the right uh, block. 
And then you have Angel now. She's she's racing to this drive. So she dribbles. She gets a crossover behind the back. Now she's at that same right block where it's completely jammed. It's jam-packed down there. And it makes no sense why she even dribbled to that side. What happens, Sam? She gets the ball stolen. Basically taken right from her cookies. She gets, you know, she gets that uh, the ball stolen. And then... Um, homegirl for all from Auburn gets fouled and now you know she has a chance to shoot some free throws I didn't understand that play at all honestly I don't know what Kim Mulkey was gonna do there she had a timeout she didn't use it very confusing Sam honestly I think that play in and of itself cost them the game for real so anyway LSU gets the ball back. It's rushed up the court for Van Lith to take an off-balance three. She misses. Auburn gets the rebound. Uh, I think her name is, yeah, Honesty Scott Grayson, who had been balling the whole entire game. She gets fouled, makes one of her two free throws, and bam, that's a game. 67-62. to 62. What a freaking game. You know, eight out of the ten players that, you know, for Auburn um, had two or more rebounds. LSU had, you know, two to three uh, they only took three pointer, two three pointers rather. Didn't make any of them. Auburn took four out of eleven. You know, face basically down the stat sheet, the game. If you were to look at it, it was basically identical. It was, which is crazy. You know, they both they both had fourteen offensive rebounds. Both teams had eleven assists. Both teams had ten steals. Both teams had one block. You know, so like it was down to the end, down to the wire. But LSU, they just couldn't hold on to the. Uh, to being up when they finally did get up uh what a game it was congratulations to auburn though you guys are my unsung hero the squad just came out and they showed out and i'm so happy all of them collectively did their thing so congratulations auburn lsu gotta go back to the drawing board babies also shout out to auburn because january 21st is officially dewana bonner day Oh, that is huge for her. She was just honored at Auburn a couple of days ago. So shout out to her. Shout out to Auburn. Great win. And Dewana Bonner, one of your legends right there. Who she play for? Connecticut. Connecticut needs to snatch her up. She's one of our free agents. Somebody need to snatch her up real quick. They need to core her behind. (laughs) Well, she got her own day now. It's got to be worth something. Right. (laughs) I want to talk about another upset that happened this week when Virginia Tech took on Duke on January 18th. Before I get into the game, I need to give a special shout out to Chelsea Gray, who did the color commentary for the game. And she did a pretty good job, especially considering that this was her alma mater on their home court. I love listening to her talk about the game because we see all the time the type of core vision that she has when she plays, but hearing her actually talk it out is just a different level of IQ that I love listening to. Mm -hmm. So shout out to her. But on to the game. So Virginia Tech started with the 8-0 run, which immediately caused Duke to call their first timeout because Kara Lawson was like, y'all, what is going on right now? Get it together. And then returning out of the timeout, Kayla King, who is Virginia Tech's three-point specialist, does this whole highlight reel halfway through the first quarter where the shot clock was running out, and she hit this awkward three where she ended up falling on the Duke bench. She got up, and as she's running, she trips over the medical bag and gets all caught up in her foot. And then she gets that off real quick and then runs down the court and promptly intercepts a Duke pass. So at that point, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? We would have thought that this game was a runaway because at the end of the first, the score was 18 to 7. But Duke said, no, we got something for y'all. We just need to figure out this shooting issue. It took them roughly eight minutes to score their first field goal, but they just needed to settle in. And that's something that we hear a lot of coaches saying, you know, you just need to keep shooting. Every time you shoot, there's a 50% chance that the ball is going to go in. So if you just keep shooting, eventually the ball is going to go in the hoop. Well, Duke's offensive struggles continued into the second quarter, but it was their defense that slowed Virginia Tech down. Momentum shifted with the steal by Richardson that led to this crazy pump fake and an easy lay-in to end the second half. 
And I don't know what Kara Lawson told them at halftime, but what I would have told them was that y'all need to get more offensive rebounds, stop forcing your shots, be patient. And when you get those open looks, you need to make your wide open shots. I'm hoping that's what she said because it was like a light switch went off for Duke. In the third quarter, Duke plowed ahead offensively while continuing to force Virginia Tech to turn the ball over. There was another highlight steal dish pass from Duke's Mar to Donovan that tells us that they are getting their flow back. Around that same time, Virginia Tech starter Georgia Amore goes down with an injury, and Duke just took over at that point. Duke ended the third with a score of 48-34. to So they're up at this point, and they're feeling it. Virginia Tech tried in the fourth quarter, but that momentum that Duke had really was what put the nail in the coffin. They got outscored offensively in the fourth, 15 to 12, and Duke was able to pull out the win, 46 to 63. And so honestly, I have to give a nod to the entire team because everybody put in work. They had 20 points off of 20 Virginia Tech turnovers and 30 points in the paint and 19 fast break points. And the stat sheets were just all over the place. You had Richardson leading in points with 22. You had Brown leading with rebounds with 10. I mean, things were just crazy. You had Emsbo with three blocks. You had Marr with four assists. I mean, everything was just crazy all going on at the same time. And honestly, everyone put in work. Everyone did their job and Duke was able to pull out the win. Wow, what a game. See what I'm saying, sophisticated spectators? Y'all got to be locked in, laced, loud, locked in, okay? Because these games are crazy. And, you know, our Dukies, we were talking about them offline, Sam. You know, they've really been struggling. And, but, you know, we've already known that they've been such an amazing program from start you know and it's it's I'm so happy just to see them kind of gaining their footing and and being able to have a great comeback like that and to win the game is just really exceptional I think Chelsea Gray has something to do with it (laughs) well this is their third win in a row now yeah so they're on fire they're eager to make it back into that top 25 and so I'm excited to see how Duke continues to transform. The ACC is a tough conference to be in, Mm -hmm. so it's not going to be easy. They actually play NC State today, and so we're we're just excited to see how it all turns out. But they've got some great momentum going, and I'm not going to say they can make it all the way, but they can definitely make things hard for a lot of teams. They proved it with Virginia Tech. So as we wrap up another episode, Joss, tell the people where they can find us. You know, you can find us at Beyond the Bleachers underscore on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Make sure you like, follow, comment, and join us when we go live. You can also find the links to all of our social media pages and streaming platforms at BeyondTheBleachersPodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Beyond the Bleachers. Until next time. Stay loud, stay laced, and and stay stay locked locked in. in. Bye, Bye, y'all.